With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com. Unmatched selection pass, free shipping, free road has protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Welcome in. Um, tonight we have Major League Baseball. The chance that the Baltimore Orioles, who are the number one seed, in the American League playoffs, the Baltimore Orioles could be eliminated by the Texas Rangers. And tomorrow, the Dodgers will have to go to Arizona. You have to go to Phoenix to uh, to stave off elimination as they take on the D-backs, who took a two-games-to-none lead. The Braves had an incredible comeback against the Phillies last night and what was a, a really exciting, exciting game. And then Bryce Harper made... What anybody could say is, I, I hate the word tragic because we usually only use it in life and death, but in, in baseball sense, tragic mistake, where instead of waiting to see, he's at first base, they're down a run, 5-4, top of the ninth inning, on the road in Atlanta, hard hit ball to center field, and instead of you know wait, rounding second and waiting and taking a look, he was motoring, he was full green light, he was trying to score from first, assuming it would drop, it did not, and he... And with a kind of a, a wild relay, and wild play, they end up doubling him off first base. That ended the game. So a lot to dig into with, oh yeah, and we had the Raiders beat the Packers. And uh, you know, Jordan Love with two bad interceptions, especially one late. Um, a crazy play where a horse collar tackle ends up saving the Raiders. And the Raiders are still kind of somehow still viable as they survive the Packers. At neither team do we think is great. But the Raiders kind of lived to play more important games. Had they lost that game, you would say like, all right, it's really hard to recover from this sort of record, one and four to start. Now you're at two and three. Now you're still viable. Now, how, how good they are, that's a different conversation. 
I also would point out that people who want to say things about Jordan Love affair didn't have Aaron Jones last night. That's a major difference for a young quarterback not having really your best offensive weapon. But I want to get to baseball. Baseball is, of all of the sports, probably the most imperfect. Right? And that's why we say that's baseball. Because we know things aren't perfect, and we know they're not going to change, and we know they can't be fixed. And so the only possible explanation for things you can't explain is, well, that's baseball. It's like, would you like to move baseball's playoffs up so that they had the complete stage? You know, play early September, even late August? Sure, you can't because they got 162 games. There's all that history that goes with it. And there's all those venues that need the home dates. Why can't you change baseball to a shorter season? That's baseball. And we can say it's finances, that's history, that, that's baseball. Very easy. And they keep trying to change the playoff formats to make them more equitable with the regular season. On the other hand, they also, well, they got to make a lot of money. And I think, uh, was it Jay Stu or was it you, Dan Byer? I think it was Jay Stu who he, he told me one of the great sentences in the history of sports business, but all business going back like two days ago, Jay Stu, do you remember what it was? I said you you never go backwards. Right. They never go backwards. We we, we do so on some things, right? It's like they, the pass interference review thing they wiped off in the NFL. But we're not going to a place where there's no more review, right? The NFL's at 17 games. They're not going back to 16 games. The NFL has added playoff teams. They're not going to fewer playoff teams. The NCAA tournament has gone from 64 to 65 to 68. They're not going less. They may not go more, but they're not going less. Because with every game is new inventory and new inventory is new money. And once you make money, that money is already spent. It's, it's, it's just like government, folks. If they, once they tax you on it, they're not going to go like, hey, you know what? We're not going to tax you on that one. Because any penny that they can get in taxes, they've already spent on roads, bridges, houses, police officers, or their own retirement funds. So we can all agree that they're not going to have fewer wildcard teams, correct? We can all agree that they're not going to have fewer playoff games, correct? We all agree they're not going to have fewer regular season games, correct? So I, I think the one thing we can say is stop bitching about it. And the Dodgers, they're the better team. Like, no, they're not. I understand that you have this short series, short sample size. I get it, right? They were... We all knew that their pitching was an issue, did we not? Now, we didn't know their hitting would be this big of an issue, but we all knew their pitching was an issue. I mean, it doesn't help when, you know, one of their, one of their frontline pitchers is a, allegedly a wife beater. A, another one they had to run off two years ago for uh, things that he's trying to clear his name for. Clayton Kershaw is older than dirt. Walker Bueller, he's got, he had Tommy John, right? So, I mean, you know, like, it's not like we didn't see all this stuff coming. And you get down 6 nothing with one out in the first inning. What, what are we going to do? But the idea of complaining that the Orioles or the Dodgers or this is not fair, you tell me when life and playoffs have ever been fair. The only thing you can do is win games and move on. 
It's it's why the NBA smartly has the longest playoffs and has they've increased the length of the first round of the playoffs because by and large the best team always wins. Now the problem with increasing the number of games in the NBA is the more games you play, the more likely you have to have injury. And it doesn't always become about who the best team is. It's who the healthiest team is, right? I mean, we can say a lot of things about Jimmy Butler and the Bucks and how they won last year. But if Giannis plays the first two games, I'm guessing the Bucks win one of those two games. It's a completely different series. So there is no perfect system. Like the NBA doesn't always give us the best teams. Major League Baseball doesn't always give us the best teams. The NCAA tournament often doesn't give us the best teams. Matter of fact, the crazy part is that the the, the system we've tried to change the most of the playoffs is college football. And you know what? College football gets it right 95% of the time. Isn't that crazy? Like, it may not be fun. It may not be as entertaining. It may not have a Cinderella story, but it's inarguable that when they had two teams, they got one of the two best teams. And when they have four teams, they got three of the four best teams. And the best team usually wins. Isn't that crazy? And that's the one we want to change the most. Man, I can't wait to expand the playoffs. Why? We actually have a true national champion. Well, there's no real tournament and there's tournament. But the, the tournaments are simply there to make money. And maybe provide a little relief for a team that didn't have a player or had a crazy loss or whatever and, you know, gets another shot. All right, let's kind of go through this. Here's, um, I want to talk Bryce Harper because I do understand that Bryce Harper won the last series on a similar play where he scored from first. Here's Rob Thompson, and if you don't didn't know this, I didn't either. He's the manager of the Phillies. Did you guys know that? Byer, did Byer, do you know that Rob Thompson was the manager of the Phillies? I knew that one, but there's others that I wouldn't. I didn't know until last week that Bruce Bochy was the manager of the Rangers. I'm going to just be honest with you. I had no idea. Did you know that, Ramos? I did, and that's yeah. why they won the West, because right. he's a hell of a manager. He's a hell of a manager, right? I just I, I lost track of Bruce Bochy once the, once the Padres fired him. Right? <laughs> and he went to the Giants and won three World Series? I'm kidding. <laughs> Padres, Giants, and then like... I don't know. He. I also. I've always feared that Bruce Bochy will take my job because he has the best pipes. I'm sure there's <laughs> several packs a day have led to those pipes. But I mean, he sounds like our big voice guy, doesn't he? It's so deep and powerful. Anyway, Rob Thompson said this about Bryce Harper's base running in the ninth. Usually, you don't pass the the base. You stay in front of it, uh, make sure it's not caught. But he thought the ball was clearly over his head. I uh, didn't think he was going to catch it. And Harris made a heck of a play. I mean, unbelievable. So he tried to get back and he slipped. And you know, but usually you stay in front of the second base. Yeah. So he he screwed up. Here's Bryce Harper on his base running. Did you think you had a shot to get back, or did you kind of know you were you were? Yeah, I mean, he's, he made a good play. You know, I probably shouldn't have gone over second base, um, but, you know, made a decision, and, you know, I'll live with that. Yeah, I mean, just taking a chance. Um, Michael made a great play uh, and doubled me up, so tough way to end it. Here's, uh, here's uh, Brian Anderson's call of the final play. He deals a 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps, and he made 
makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to first. It's over. It's over. Harper never tagged. He couldn't get back. And it's a double up to end game two. Wow. Great call from Brian Anderson on TBS. By the way, uh, this is... Uh, so many Dodger fans and people are complaining about Bob Costas. Uh, it wasn't as close a game. It was They were down two runs, right? Was it 5-3? Was that the final tally of the Dodger game? Here's the final call, Costas' final call, of the Dodgers going down two games to none to the Dimebacks. In the air to center field, Thomas almost in his tracks, tucks it away. And the Arizona Diamondbacks, who finished 16 games behind the Dodgers during the regular season, Go into Milwaukee and win them both, sweeping the wild card series. Come into Dodger Stadium and come away with a two-game lead as they go back to Arizona in this best three out of five. All right, so you didn't like the final call there, Jay Stu? No, no, Jim, uh, Jimmy Traina, who is a media guy, he didn't think that Casas' energy was good all game, but he, especially given, I guess, maybe the actual moment wasn't exciting, but the um, the weight of the moment of a you know a six seed taking the first two games, he thought he probably should have added a little bit more pep in a step. I wasn't I wasn't totally against it, but Bob did sound old last night for sure. Bob is old, seventy two. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the youngest looking seventy two ever. Um, what do you think, Buyer? Uh, are we allowed to be critical of the great Bob Costas? I think that Costas gets a lot more flack than other legendary voices, but I was fine with it. It was just a game to win. They didn't win anything yet. Yeah, that's the, that's the part that that's important. First of all, like I don't know Jimmy Trania. I know he's a New Yorker. I know he's done this stuff for a long time. I also know that like he's never actually called a game, and um, you have to have the balance of like what I was impressed by was. He didn't just say the Diamondbacks win and take game two. He gave us the 16 games below below the Dodgers, that they went in and beat Milwaukee twice, that they come in and beat the Dodgers twice. He gave us context. It was the right tone. It was the right, it wasn't no energy. It was the right, but the series isn't over. And it wasn't a super exciting play. Matter of fact, it was as boring a bottom of the ninth inning as you can ever get. The Dodgers didn't put anything on the ground or into play. It was nothing close. So, by the way, it's always a bad bad sign when you see your final three hitters in the top of the th- ninth inning. You're like, there's a guy named Outman coming up. You're like, man, that's an out, man, coming up. Did any, everybody else had to think that, right? I don't know. You got to the bottom of the order for a reason. It was terrible. I'm I, sure. I just need him, I need him to make a clean play in the first inning. The, the last two games, uh, he's been a complete circus on two important balls. Last night, he found a way to catch it, right, John? On Monday, he just was a circus to play. I don't even know if he got an error on it. They, they gave, gave the double, guy huh? a double on what I consider to be a routine play for routine a major league play. player. Yes. So that was a Dodger scorekeeping blunder. Right there. But to Doug's point, the only reason Altman's playing is because they don't want to play Dave Double Play. So they don't. <laughs> they figured the one out was better than the two. Bob Error wasn't available either. No. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy's swing and miss was also. He's been on the uh, IR 
Uh, I used alliteration for Jason as well. Thank Dave, you. double play. Very well done. Very, very nice. Um, but you know, the uh, the one, another fact that Costas could have thrown in there that I just realized today or read about, um, the Dodgers were a plus 200 run differential, yeah. second to only the Braves that had the best run differential in the history of baseball. Um, the Diamondbacks entered the postseason as the first team to enter the postseason with a negative run differential. Right. So over 162 games, they scored less runs than their opponent. That speaks to just how outrageous this is. So so his emotions should have been more peaked because of how outrageous no, I, the I'm, outcomes are. I'm off the cost of this thing. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm asking honestly. Like, but I, I do think we're leading with baseball because it is. This is an outrageous, remarkable, on the other hand, some of it we could see coming. Right? You you couldn't how how long how many times had we discussed the Dodgers keep winning games but their bullpen and frankly starting rotation isn't particularly good how are they doing this and of course they dominate in the month of August because that's what the Dodgers do now we get to October and bats go quiet and pitching's more hit than miss it's the it's the hallmark of the Andrew Friedman years we're going to dominate you in the regular season and we're going to fail in the postseason. And then Dodger fans will bring up the 2020 season. That was a tournament after a sprint 60-game season played on a neutral field, and Corey Seager was lights out. Uh, that doesn't count. The 2020 season doesn't count. So if you take all the seasons into account don't for do Andrew Friedman, don't, don't do that. It it's a failure. If, if, if like, MLB... This is, like, this is like the Braves. The Braves went to, was it yeah. 13 years, 14 years? Yeah. Like, no. It's baseball, man. It's baseball. MLB sanctioned that tournament. It's, it's It counts. Sorry, I hate to break, break that to everybody. If MLB said, you know what, you guys go do what you want to do on this one, we'll sit this one out, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe. But they like put it together. I'm, I'm all in. The Dodgers won the 2020 World Series, and it's sorry. It's the way it goes. The crazy part is I think most people thought next year their ace was going to be Shohei Otani, who's not going to pitch next year, no matter who he <laughs> plays true. For, right? So – Probably the last time we'll see Kershaw if they can make Kershaw retire. (laughs) We're not going to see Urias anymore. We don't know when Walker Bueller returns. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, Shohei Otani. And I'm not a Dodger fan. People are like, listen, there's a lot of Dodger baseball. What people should understand is this has been a dominant franchise in their sport. And it it appeared one game away from being eliminated in only the first three games that they played in the playoffs. And my thing is, I I'm I can't take any of the complaining about the baseball playoffs, because as you said, Jason, we're not going to less games, we're not going to less teams. It's never truly been fair and equitable in the 162 to no matter how many games you play in the playoffs. It's always going to be a much smaller sample size, and it's it's almost a different sport. And we did on some level see it coming. I think that there is a point that you made earlier about the NBA that is the problem with what's going on here. The three and five game series. The seven game series, as you said, were allowed to have the better team win. And maybe we will maybe the Diamondbacks are the better team. Maybe Texas is better than Baltimore. But when we have these small windows of the three game and the five game, I think it leads a lot of questions onto really who is the better team. And also, in a time when you're trying to get interest into the regular season, those short series almost devalue the regular season in a weird way. Okay, so would your proposal be you go the first full series is a seven game series? 
I, if you aren't going back like you guys say that they can't do, yeah, I think that you, you've you got to figure out some way to extend it or make this a seven-game series. This, this playoff window goes really fast. I mean, it does. So... That would be the only way to do it, or you know, is it because they want to get it done before November? Yeah, with the weather? I think so. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it's a the five game series, which is a thirty percent higher chance of the lower seed winning, right? And then you, in most sports, a buy is considered an advantage. I don't think it's considered an advantage in baseball when you're giving pitchers that are used to a five day routine seven days between starts or even 10 days between starts. You have teams that are coming off the bye that are rusty, i.e. the Braves, Orioles, Dodgers. Go ahead. ahead. Those teams also haven't really played meaningful games for the last two weeks of the regular season. And now they get a week off. Yeah, it is so different from when we grew up. Remember, the Homer Dome was such a home field advantage. Yes. we're four years removed from a World Series where the road team won every single game. You know, so when we talk about like home field as well, like it's just the point is, is the playing field is is so even that to think that you can determine a true winner in three games is it's just ridiculous. Okay, so so Jason, what I'm hearing from you is you should have on both you guys is not give anybody a break and play right away if that's what they have to do or make the series longer. um, So so all seven game series. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't understand the breaks. I don't I, I think you boom, get right to it and make it just like Major League Baseball. There shouldn't be even if you play a three game series for the wild card, it should be the day after the regular season is over, you start playing in the wild card. That way it's only one series off for the top seats. Sure. But we started with and I agree with Jason, which is they're not going back. So if you have a suggestion, it has to be more games, not less. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I hope you're doing great. Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com, hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road has protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, it's the way tire buying should be. Um, there, there's something we, we do that I want to put a stop to. And I want to see if I get all of your guys' support. Hey, okay? I'm done with the Shador Sanders watch thing walking over to the crowd. And I think a lot of our media brethren are scared because if you say something like that, somehow you're one, a hater, right? You're a hater. And two, well, you don't understand the culture. Right. And maybe you're right. I don't understand the culture. You know, maybe you're right. Um, I grew up in as diverse an area of Orange County as possible. I played a sport which is incredibly diverse. I've lived in three different countries. I've lived in three different states. I've traveled all over. I've seen every state except for uh, North and South Dakota, the only only ones not on, uh, that I have not checked off on my list. That's it. Everywhere else I've been. Uh, but I I can't tell you that I didn't grow up in a in a black family. So if, but here's the easiest way to look at it. Okay, and I'm about being fair. I'm about being fair. So if there were any other quarterback, anyone who would run over to the opposing students after winning a game. And I don't care that Arizona State sucks and that they beat a one-in-five team. I don't. It was a competitive game. He played well late. They score. You win a road game. Doesn't matter the record. Colorado has now become a game that everybody circles on the calendar. They're a big game. It's fine. Like, it's winning is impressive. Finding a way to win is impressive. But going over to a student section and flashing a $70,000 watch that yeah, I don't even know if you have to go into the fact that it's his dad's money. Cause his dad was a superstar and his dad has been a star at everything that he's done. Like I'm not actually, I wouldn't actually say anything negative about Shador Sanders. He's just a young man. I'm being critical of every other idiot in the media that makes excuses and falls all of themselves. Because again, what's fair, how the world really works is if it wasn't Shador Sanders, if it was Michael Penix Jr., who I think is awesome, at the University of Washington, 
if it was uh, Caleb Williams, right? When Caleb Williams has said he make more money by staying in college than he would by going to the pros. I was told that Caleb Williams' deal is somewhere in the two-year $18 million variety. I, again, I don't have verified sources on that. It's a source around USC football. Okay, The point is that that guy is making, can we at least say seven figures? Right? Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner, seven figures. So if there's a guy who actually has balled out, can afford to buy his own watch, and that doesn't do that, it's Caleb Williams, right? So you'll have people go back and, how'd you feel about Manziel? Manziel was a polarizing figure back then. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't run over to the sidelines and run over to the student section and flash his money or flash his jewelry. The problem is that what what's fair treatment of women and men, white people, black people, mixed race people, Hispanic, Asian, um, Indonesian, anything is if it was somebody else, would you have the same reaction? And then you do, you give people sometimes the benefit of the doubt if they've achieved more or if there's more pressure. On the other hand, if they're getting more attention, what's the old expression? To whom more is, uh, ex- to whom more is given, more is expected. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm so done with it because it's, it's the ultimate taunting. It's spoiled rich guy stuff. And if it was anybody else, that's what we would say about it. What are you doing? And again, it's not Shador. It's the reaction to Shador and frankly, his dad's reaction. Because his dad's reaction to all this stuff is, well, you're a hater. What are you doing there? What is the lesson that you're, you're a, he is a powerful voice. He's probably the most or second most powerful voice in the entire sport of college football. And to whom more is given, more is expected. All right, let's get to this. Um, yeah. I, this just came in across my newsfeed anyways. Uh, Deion Sanders was asked about the watch. Do you see these comments? No. Okay, here we go. We are on the biggest stage. Much love and shout out to DJ Khaled. He's the one who stamped it. He and Rick Ross. That's hoods. That's hood royalty. It's hilarious to me. I love to see it. We joke about it on a daily basis. We got to get him a lucrative watch deal now. He can't do it for nothing. We got to capitalize on this moment. He is my son. Now, that reads, I don't know if he's tongue-in-cheek on this. Maybe it is a little bit, but that is his official comment on this, I guess. I just, I, I believe it. I, I believe that Dion is an amazing marketeur, right? That all this stuff has the purpose, and the only purpose is making money, right? And that's fine. The, the, the problem with it is, we told you that that wasn't what he said, why he Jackson state was important to him, which is he's full of crap. Right. And Oh yeah. By the way, like, yeah, I already making a bunch of money. There is, there is a point there where you go like you have, have a modicum of class with how you win. And 
I'm not telling you this out of left field. I'm telling you this is how everybody really feels. They're just scared to say it because you say it. It's about Dion. What's it become about? Uh, it's you're a hater or something about race, which it has nothing to do with it. They're picked to win three and a half games. They've won four. We didn't know how his game would translate from low level one double A football to division one. He's been really good. He's getting all kinds of love. Right? I mean, you've had people go on television, say they would take him ahead of Caleb Williams as the number one pick. So there is no lack of love, but it's how you handle it. And there isn't another soul who plays college or even NFL football who behaves this way, especially at the quarterback position. That's wide receiver stuff. That's cornerback stuff. Quarterback is different. It's always been different. Always been different. Do we care that George Kittle wore a F Dallas shirt? Micah Parsons seems to. Uh, here's Mark, Micah Parsons' reaction to George Kittle showing off his T-shirt on Sunday that said F Dallas. George Kittle had three touchdowns on us, and he posted this thing to IG. He said F Dallas. I just feel like he's making it more, way more personal than it had to be. Kittle's my guy, but I'm going to say this. Laugh now, cry later. We got something for that. Just trust. If we see them again, just trust. And we're going to put it just like that. I ain't going to put too much on it. You're going to make it personal. We can make it personal. Well, I thought he's your guy. It's very, very confusing. Everybody's your guy. He's my guy, but he's making it personal. And it's just going to make it worse. I mean, okay. How many times do we have to see the Cowboys play the Niners before we realize the Cowboys are not as good as the Niners? I always love that when people say, if we see you again, if, we they, you. if they see them again, no, uh, it would hey, be, remember, it'll be remember, worse. Remember last week, Dak was like, man, Oh, now you now you getting me pissed off early in the week. <laughs> uh, you were so pissed off you threw three interceptions. <laughs> that was really bad. We will know not to get you mad ever again. If they played ten times, how many times do the Niners win? Nine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nine. I'd say nine and a half. Yeah. Niners are better. If we see you again. If we see you again. Uh, you don't want to see them again, actually. No. They're your no, we nemes- want the Eagles to play yes. them early before and then maybe get a chance to the Eagles because we see the Eagles twice. No, oh, yeah, by the and you're like, you know. But it's how many times do we have to see these two teams match up? Oh, now it's on now. It wasn't on before. They beat you in the playoffs and you go in there and you look, it, no, you think it was on before, now it's on. Like, no, dude. <laughs> they wiped the field with you. Oh man. It wasn't like it was a game, it was like, man, had this one play changed, the I- game would have changed. That was a no doubter. And look, I get like in college athletics, I had a great discussion with, I have a podcast called all ball and Chris Crutchfield was on with me. Chris is the head coach at Nebraska, Omaha. He was an assistant at o- Oklahoma. And I remember when, o- remember when Oklahoma got beat in the final four by Villanova. And that was in the, in Houston. Right. And it was Villanova won by 44 points. But what's crazy is Oklahoma won by like 20 when they played early in the year in, uh, in Hawaii in a special made-for-TV game. And so there is the, hey, you know, we, the, you got us. But the teams were completely different. This is three years now we've seen these two teams match up. The Niners have progressively gotten better. The Cowboys have gotten modestly better. But the difference in the two teams is stark. And oh, yeah, by the way, 
whether they're that much better than everybody else, your quarterback's clearly got the Cowboys in his head. And they whooped your ass. The only thing you can say sometimes is like, we got to get better because they whooped our ass. Here's Debo Samuel on uh, FanDuel TV today responding. It was already personal before the game started. Now, um, 42 to 10, I don't think you like want to see us again. It might be a little bit worse. Debo. I don't know what we trust. Micah, Debo, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm getting uncomfortable. I don't, I don't know what we, we trust. We trust, you know, just laugh now, cry later. I mean, I don't think you want to see us again. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, what's your name, Adams? Um, uh, K. Adams, K. Adams Show. My my thoughts actually align with Debo Samuel. Oh, trust, trust, trust. This means trust me. Trust me, you don't want to see us again. Like, really? Kind of think we're better than you. Kind of think we're going to be better than you. And all of us are unbiased. Like, Byers is a Seahawks fan. Ramos is a Rams fan. Me and Jay Stewart are Chargers fans. Like, we got no... Love or hate. I mean, Ramos, if anything, has hate for the Niners. Yeah, something here. But I agree with them. Everybody agrees yeah. with them. John loves the Niners. <laughs> that's the headline. That's the headline. <laughs> that's, the, that's the takeaway. <laughs> and by the way, Micah Parsons, we can't be too critical of anything the Cowboys did because Micah Parsons wants all commentary to be calm, reasonable, and understanding because everybody's a human being. And if you, if you say something that's pointed analysis, that's negative, that's you have to be an old man, right? You have to be an old man. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection one place. Bundle and save at progressive.com. I, I here's one. If I give you a choice between a motorcycle, an RV, a boat, an ATV, which you choose? I'm not buyer. Not the motorcycle, not the boat. Um what was ATV and motor? What ATV or a RV? RV. It's worth more. Right, but which yeah. would you use? Well, which would you use the most? Um, probably the ATV. What about you, Ramos? Yeah, I, I would say the RV, and I do think we would use the RV a lot more than everybody else. Well, here. if you get one of those like Mercedes Sprinter vans, we, <laughs> yeah. I have. There's some rich people that they go to like like uh, That's not me, kids sporting events. They roll up to them. They got a bar in them. You know, you, yeah. like when baseball, every Sunday is a double header. Like, hey, let's go to the bar and watch football in between. Those things are awesome. Yeah. RV is the same. Like, I'd fire that thing up. The kids can play video games in it, whatever. What about you there, Jace, too? Motorcycle, RV, Man, motor RV's too. a lot of gas. It That's is a lot of money. <laughs> You're a man of of uh, of uh, craziness, so I think your yeah. motorcycle would be your thing. Uh, probably ATV, but uh, I will say this: it's not boat because um, my dad owns a boat, and there's an old saying about a boat. There's two days, two best, two, best two best days. days of your life. Yeah, yes. the day you buy one, the day you sell it. <laughs> but everybody <laughs> wants a boat, right? I've never heard there's that. N- you never heard that before? No, that's so oh, funny. Oh yeah, two greatest days to own a boat: day you buy it, day you sell it. <laughs> Family friend of ours just sold their boat. And five years ago, this thing was going to be in that family for generations to come. Yes. And you know what? I mean, my son loves to wakeboard. He came home from camp and he's like, Dad, I want to be a pro wakeboarder. He's like, it's so much fun. I was like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Over the next two weeks, everybody we talk to, we're going to ask them if they wakeboarded and ask them if they liked it. And the point of the exercise was there's no human being that's ever wakeboarded successfully and gone like, didn't like that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) didn't like that. What about the person that's really going to be miserable when you hear him say, um, 
Yeah, we're going to take the boat out to our timeshare. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like using debit over credit, don't you think it's time to get rewarded as well? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases with no fees, period. Check out eligibility in terms of discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Um, let's welcome in John Middlecoff. Three and out is a podcast. Of course, he's a uh, former NFL scout, former grunt in college football as well. Uh you know, Colin went on and on about uh, Jordan Love looking like a backup last night. Obviously not great throwing the ball downfield. How much of a pass do you give him because he didn't have Aaron Jones? You know, I, I look at him at least through whatever these five weeks, a little like Sam Howell. Uh, they're both serviceable. You know, both of them have different skill sets. Obviously, Jordan's a better athlete, big arm, doesn't always quite know where it's going. But to me, they clearly, like, you can ride this out for a year or two while you build up your team if you have to. If you can upgrade, you do, which, as we know in football, can be really hard. But I'd say through his short little time now, there's a lot more unknowns than knowns. 
but he's definitely showing on a weekly basis the physical attributes that there's something to work with. I mean, he made the, the throw that ended the game. I don't quite know what he was doing, but before that, he hit some balls on that drive that guys dropped. So, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag, like a lot of young players. The problem with this guy is that he's not a rookie, right? I mean, he's he's already into year three. Yeah, or me, but like, like, look, if we're, if we're fair, okay, let's just be fair. Like, he also wasn't a guy who had started four or five years in college. Right? He played two years in college. One year was a mess when the coaching changed. One year he was good. So he was... No, he's not a rookie. Yes, he's been in the league. He hadn't seen live bullets consistently or people adjust to him until this year. And the truth is that, like, he didn't have the college experience that so many of these other guys have with the four or five years. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of my point. I mean, I, I think he's shown more than enough to ride out these two years. You know, they did that little kind of mini contract extension for $11 million for the two-year span. And, uh, like, their defense continues to be terrible. Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones being out, you know, back to Ciari, it feels like his career's over. So they have some other question marks. You know, they got that Jets second round pick coming. So I would imagine that he's going to get all of this season, all of next season, and they continue to kind of build it around him. And they have talent that if it doesn't work out, if like by the middle of next year they realize that this is, he kind of is what he is, then they start looking somewhere else. Uh, how can Devontae Adams only get one target in the first half? Yeah, I mean, I you know what's weird is they, they ran a trick play last night that it didn't even come close to working. And it, it just feels like everything Josh McDaniels used to do. And you're like, well, of course it was Brady. Yet, to me, it wasn't just Brady. It was when he was the play caller, not the head coach as well. There was like a rhyme and a reason to his play calling. And now you watch sometimes, you're like, he feels like a completely different guy. So... I think that offense, and part of it's Jimmy. To me, he's gotten worse. You know, he's just not as good as he was several years ago. At any moment, he can throw it to the other team. Now, he's still, you know, he was good in the first half, but he kind of is what he is. You know, I think him and Dak Prescott, Dak's a better player than Jimmy, but both of them feel like they're kind of trending in the wrong direction because part of it, when you don't have great physical tools, you don't have a huge arm, if you don't play really well, it's it's noticeable very fast because you throw a very, very interceptable ball. Yeah, he throws a catchable ball. Unfortunately, it's catchable for the other team as much as it's catchable for for him. Uh, let's let, let's get to the weekend. Um, is Dak the problem? I don't know if he's the problem, but when he doesn't play well, they're not going to have a chance against good teams. And this is three years in a row they've lost the 49ers. Uh, you know, the last two years, what, he threw two picks in the playoff game in, in January, he threw three the other night. I mean, they don't have a snowball's chance in hell with him throwing one interception against that team, let alone multiple. And he talked about it all off season. And, and listen, it's not going to be about the Giants and Washington and them beating up on other teams. It's going to be, how do you beat the Eagles? How do you beat the 49ers? And you need 40-plus million-dollar quarterback play from them. And that doesn't mean four touchdowns it just means manage the game and it felt like he just I don't know if he started pressing I don't know if he freaked out I don't know what happened but he he does that that they just have no chance to win that game and then it puts extra pressure on the defense the other thing is and they tried it early in the game is the, the game plan was clearly to try to get Pollard in space well it's hard to get Pollard in space when two of the best players on the Niners are the two linebackers so it's it just it might just be a terrible matchup for the Cowboys 
And, uh, you know, the last two times they've played in the playoffs, it's been close. It feels like the gap's widened, <laughs> doesn't it, watching that game? It, it, it really does. Um, what stands between the Niners and the Super Bowl out of the NFC? Yeah, I, I think, you know, in the, in the sport of football, health, it, you know, we say it in any sport, but just given that on any given play, a guy can snap a leg, a guy can rip a bicep and be out for the season. So we say it all the time, and it sounds cliche, but really health. I mean, they have so many impact guys. The other thing is they have question marks with health, right? McCaffrey has been a guy who's been injured in the past, and Kyle's running him like it's 1982 and he's Walter Payton. Debo, another guy who's in better shape this year, but is a guy who's been injured. Obviously, Bosa has had major injuries in the past, so if you can keep those core guys healthy, Purdy last year in the NFC Championship game ripped his elbow. Uh, They're all healthy. They're all playing at an elite level. I mean, you just watch the Niners. You don't need to be some NFL scout to realize, I mean, what do they have? Nine Pro Bowl guys right now, like playing at like high Pro Bowl levels, like the first Pro Bowl pick at their position. And that kind of includes Purdy. You know, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the NFC, but he's definitely a Pro Bowl level guy so far. And that's the big difference, Doug, is like they've been really good the last couple of years, and clearly they've won a bunch of playoff games, but it was much more like grittiness and toughness. Now it's their quarterback throwing three or four touchdowns a game they're going to dominate. So if Purdy can continue this, and obviously him and Shanahan you know, feel like they're just kind of like that Matt Ryan year when he won the MVP, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's an MVP player just yet, but just in terms of being on the same page with your quarterback, him being able to execute the play calls, it's just a beautiful thing to watch if you like high-level football. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of, of John Middlecoff. Three and Out is the podcast I watched the Patriots get embarrassed by the Saints, and I just couldn't figure out how that's their wide receiving core. It's like it's fair to be critical of Mac Jones, but tell me the guy who's open. I like Tua's obviously had a very good season, but I'm watching guys that are five yards open. Like there's nobody open. How do you fix the Patriots? You know, beside Randy Moss, Bill always kind of hung his hat on the type of wide receivers they have. You know, he, he did never have the sexiest skill position guys. Uh, I know they hit on Gronk in, in the draft, but... Especially but but wait, hold on. If we, if we go back through it, he always he usually had a running back that could catch out of the backfield, right? Yeah. He, he, had, he had a Hall of Fame tight end, and for a short period of time, um, Hernandez was a Hall of Fame caliber tight. Like, he was a, a an elite... Level. They, yeah. remember they had a two tight end system. That was when they're at their, their best. And then he would always have a dynamic slot guy. You know, you had um, who was the Troy Brown, right? First they had Troy Brown, then they had Welker, and then they had Danny Amendola. Um, oh no, they had uh, they had Amendola, and then they had uh, uh, what's his name? Edelman. Edelman right. Edelman. So they always had a they always had a really good slot guy, and then they had kind of average wide receivers outside of having having Moss. They don't have any of that now. Yeah, their personnel stinks, and you know it's not like some organizations where you can point the finger at the other guy across the hall in the other office. Bill makes every decision, and he has for 25 years, basically there. So it's all on him. And they came into this season with that group of players, that group of skill guys. You know, I don't think it was random that they were sniffing around Hopkins that they were sniffing around. You know, Dalvin Cook. The skill guys just aren't good. But part of it is Bill's not changing his ways. Why didn't he land a lot of players? Because, like, oh, I got a price point. Oh, I'm not willing to go. 
Bill, this isn't the Tom Brady days. And listen, his resume speaks for itself. But my take on this is simple. Bill hung his hat on being a great personnel man slash coach by being pretty ruthless, right? You know, it's like, God, he just traded Richard Seymour. He just traded Asante Samuel. He just traded Logan Mankins. He just cut this guy. He got rid of this guy. It it was like he was the modern-day Bill Walsh, and Bill did the same thing. Why Why wouldn't Kraft do that to him at this point now? You know, it's five years removed. It's a bottom-line business. Like, I gave you a bunch of time post-Brady. It's, it's one thing for it not to work, right? You keep losing in the first round of the playoffs. It's another thing to be this. Uh, listen, two weeks ago against the Cowboys was bad. But at the end of the day, the Cowboys, I mean, have been one of the better teams in the NFL the last couple you know, years. To lose to Dennis Allen and Derek Carr like that at home, I, I, listen, they're going to keep getting their butt kicked. To me, that was like the, the nail in the coffin at a low point because they're going to win four or five games maybe. And, like, I don't know if you were a Patriot fan how you could just take this team seriously moving forward. And let's face it, the buck stops with Bill because he's in charge of everything. John Middlecoff, three and outs, the podcast downloaded. It's outstanding. You're the best, Johnny. Thanks for joining us. See you, Doug. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.